Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Tricky Kid Radio. I'm your host, Roy Turner. Once again, joined by my longtime friend, Mike DeQuinzio. Mike, welcome. Howdy. Uh, this week is Colton Tapp. He's a, a, a great young up-and-coming actor uh, who's been busy as hell, man. He's got a lot of great projects coming up. Uh, he was in, uh, well, actually, he's got coming up uh, three days in August uh, with Meg Foster. Um, I mean, legendary actress Meg Foster. There's a lot of people in that movie. Uh, he was a recent winner of the uh, the Best Actor Award um, at the Dallas Horror Film Festival. Uh, you might remember also Blood on the Highway. Lots of great stuff. We're going to be talking to him a little bit later on in the show, uh, talking about uh, all of his upcoming projects and stuff. Uh, he's been super busy. Great dude. We had a great talk, so uh, I'm excited to bring that to you, um, as well as uh, so, some music this week and, and a bunch of stuff. Speaking of, you know, some more kind of kind of kind of retro stuff on the opposite spectrum. I, I mentioned earlier was that I went to the uh, the um, I'm also a big fan of hip hop, of course, right. and R&B. And and I was in, you know, like you, I was in junior high, uh, high school there when all this was going on in the early 90s uh, with all that fun. Probably probably my, my favorite as much as I love Run DMC and Public Enemy and and obviously, uh, you know, you know, been a lifelong student of hip hop, and I can, you know, I don't want to leave anybody out when I start making lists like that. But uh, that early '90s thing, and and for me, you know, I was a big, I'm a big metal guy, so it was like I was the guy that would watch Headbangers Ball, and then I would watch Yo MTV Raps. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was my thing. And so, you know how they do those tours where it's kind of like individually they couldn't, they can't tour. Yeah, but collectively, yeah. but collectively, they they could probably do pretty well. And uh, so uh, I went to this thing called I Love the 90s, and it was uh, a package tour. Uh, you can find a lot of pictures of this on, on uh, and a story on this next week, certain next week on, on my website at trickykid.com. It's www.trickyhyphenkid.com. And uh, it was crazy. And so I was so fortunate to be able to see some of these acts that I always liked. Right. Um, and again, like I said, but I thought it would be fun. Uh, I'm going to do this in print form, but I thought it would be fun since we're on the air. I'm going to do a very quick kind of gong show, like uh, scorecard thing yeah. again. And this is with all due respect to anybody that got up there. I love you all. Uh, but we're just going to have some fun here. Okay. Uh, starting the show was young MC. Oh, he was the first one. Yes. Okay. Wow, okay. And of course, who doesn't love bust the move? Yeah. Any conversation, uh, that you would have about that that era of music, you would have to mention Busta Move, right? Well, yeah. Okay, he gets a two, uh, and this is on a one Seriously? to ten. I'm sorry, Marvin, I love you, but it was like he had walked over on his lunch hour uh, <laughs> uh, from his his desk job, and I'm not, you know, and you know he was spirited and fun, but it was just like it was, it it was what it was. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the second thing was um, second act was Color Me Bad. <laughs> That, I was never a fan of them back in the day, but I'll tell you what, it's it's one of those things, like I said, during the Prince thing, when we're talking about nothing compares to you, didn't get didn't care for the song at the time, but I hear it now, it's more of a nostalgia thing. That's where they'll fall in. So please tell me about Color Me Bad. Okay. <laughs> uh, they were cool, man. Like yeah, it, was, it was fun, and it was funny. I, I'm going to give them... No but was, it, was it intentionally cool, or was he just laughing and had a good time? No, it was great. <laughs> you know, uh, and again, I'm also... I, I'm going to give the crowd okay. a, a number as well, uh, and, and that will be last. Uh, I will say uh, I will give them about a four. Okay, yeah. you don't want to six them up. Well, no. Okay, but here, but also understand <laughs> to disclaim that 
we're only comparing them uh, to each other. We're not right. comparing Young MC to the Beatles. We're, well, you know, of course not. Yeah. We're, we're only comparing it to the other acts of the night. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, you know, they, they were they were fun and and it was it was it was good. But it was still like okay, so that's what Color Me Bad looks like in 2016. I was, was going to say what they how they look now. Yeah, it looked like what you would expect they were going to look like. You yeah. know, they're kind of like the the drunk uncle at the family reunion kind of thing, <laughs> and he still kind of got his fedora kind of thing. Yeah, I gotcha. Uh, next up was Coolio. Oh, awesome! A no, a one. Seriously, and it was so horrible because he had this kick ass but he had a full band he had a saxophonist a drummer and everything else he sounded like he was gargling glass it was like it was as if the guy from creator there's a metal reference for you yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh was it was really god awful it was, okay he has one song i love and it's one two three four yeah he, he, he did that well, of course he, he did that of course right it, it sounded like crap really oh it was it was oh, it was terrible terrible okay then all for one and I couldn't name you a song from them. Uh, yeah, you could. And then one of I the, know who they are. I could picture the album and, in my mind right and now. And they brought out they brought out I'll Be Sure. <laughs> and I think one of the guys in the band went on to be in, in uh, Blackstreet. So they so they did no diggity. Okay. You went to be in Blackstreet, really? Yeah. Are, are they white guys? No. All for one? No, not no, all of them. I'm thinking of somebody else. So. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, what what is uh, what is uh, All for One's hit? Because Color Me Bad is the I Wanna Sex You Up. Right. Uh, what what ooh. is yeah yeah ooh, I can't sing. yeah no. ooh. Um, uh, I'm getting there all for one song okay yeah I can't believe we started out metal yeah, and right. now, now we're looking up songs by wait, all wait, for one the guys from Anvil listen to this podcast they're probably gonna stop it right about yeah here. I, think, uh, but, but, I swear that's them oh, oh, my oh yeah God. I swear yeah right yeah, there you go there you go okay yeah I know they are but let me say this worst karaoke song ever but let me say this go ahead okay they kind of got the party started. Okay, yeah. the party was happening. It was in swing. Okay, and primarily, I'll go and cut the chase here. Was because I this place was at Verizon Theater in in, in Dallas. And if you don't know, the place holds about five thousand people, right? Mm-hmm. And no offense, but I was expecting this to be about a third full of like forty year old women, or and and perhaps also their children. Okay, mm-hmm. this was. You know how, like, every time you've been to the Verizon, almost every time that 400 section up top is, like, shuttered? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Every seat was sold out. Seriously? Sold out. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And everybody on their feet, about 85% of the crowd was female of all ages, had their, you know, had their, had their, had their, had their, had their good clothes on, you know? <laughs> And uh, we're singing every word. We're freak. I mean, like when when you heard the beginning part of uh, of uh, Gangster's Paradise from Julio, yeah. you would have thought that the Beatles were about to do Love Me Do. It was crazy, <laughs> yeah. and it made it so fun. I mean, you well, know, yeah, it's that nostalgia thing, of course. Yeah, yeah. but I'm saying how you know, a crowd can make or break a show. Oh yeah, and they have. okay, uh, and they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've been to shows with crowds where it could have been like, you know, watching Black Sabbath in like 1978, and they and, like the crowds just kind of like. You know, yeah, boring. Yeah, right. Uh, so the crowd was so over. They were over like Rover, man. It was crazy. Awesome. Okay, now here is where it may, it may surprise you. If, uh, but I was, this was the primary act that I was. I, well, was there I make yes? Yes. And I promise we haven't talked about this before. Okay. I wouldn't let him because I wanted to hear this the first time. Okay. Kid and play. Yes. Uh, you know me very well. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> All right. And now let me, and, and I'm not trying to be biased. And I here. love them too, by the way. They're great. Okay. So. I have all their albums. I know. I know 
every word. You've seen every house party. I have. I have. <laughs> uh, and so for me, okay, I was that was the one I was most looking forward to seeing. Yeah. And I'm not being biased here, dude. They killed. They right. ki- they were a twelve. They really killed. <laughs> I'm wow, not kidding. Nice. They killed. <laughs> and here's what I mean. Every artist on there, except for maybe one other, which I'll get to next. Every one of them were doing exactly what you know what would be expected of them. It was like, okay, they're bringing that stuff and that nostalgia to 2016. They're not transporting you back, right? Okay, they're they're this is we're going to do this now here, okay? And that's how it felt with every artist until we got the kid in play, and suddenly you were back then. I'm not kidding. They they looked. He didn't have the big crazy. Oh, no? hair but in terms of like you know look and style it was like he just didn't comb his hair that day all right (laughs) they had the same energy they did that little foot dance i was gonna ask you oh my god oh yeah no i'm telling you they were they were the shit i'm mad i didn't see them dude they were they okay this was like a total joke it was so good that me and my nephew we ran home and came home to watch house party that's how good it was. <laughs> like that's real, and we wow. were and we were expecting to watch about ten minutes of it to kind of look at everything. And kind of go like, okay, on 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 VHS, by the way, okay, <laughs> expecting to look at each other and go, oh man, okay, we've taken this a little bit far. Watched it all. They killed, dude. They nice. killed. They they it was so lit and so hyped through the whole thing. They performed so well and sounded so good that you were at the house party. It was a dream. Nice. It was a dream. And the next artist May I make another guess? Salt and Pepper? Okay, they were last. Oh, okay. They headlined, okay. But next was and the reason why they get a nine was because again we're only comparing it to two other people, was Rob Bass. Okay. What's it? Okay, my sister and I are thinking. What's the other song? <laughs> okay, so, so it go, takes two, of course. Okay, you know, uh, joy and pain. Don't you joy know? and pain. That's right. Yeah, okay. joy yeah. and pain. And I sat sunshine. in sunshine <laughs> and rain. See, I wish I went to the show now. <laughs> okay, but then imagine having to. I'm telling you, kid and play would be it for them. Will be like following Slayer. Okay, right, right. it was unbelievable how good they were. It was one of the best hip hop shows I've, I've ever seen. Like really? I'm not kidding, they killed. Okay, and then Rob Bass comes up and w- and kept kept it, it, it lit. It kept it hype. Uh, they were he was great. He looked great. They sounded great. Okay, let me ask you this by the way. So okay. was this one of those kind of split stage things where the, the no, intermission no. was kept to a minimum? No, no, okay. it was it was just. Uh, you know, they would get on and they would do about 20 minutes. Each, each band would do yeah. like, you know, two or three songs. And then they, and then because basically this was a salt and pepper tour with eight opening acts. They were the only ones that did the full set. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay. And I love, love, love salt and pepper. And I also love that with all those guys, I love that the ladies were headlining, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and, it's, and they're just so likable anyway. And they're the greatest, right. Yeah. You know, and I love this revolution that's happening in sports and entertainment and everything else that, you know, the, the, you know, the ladies are stepping up. Okay. Having said that, uh-huh. I have to only give them about a five or a six. Wow. And here's why. So they follow the other two. Well, that, but also it was a mess. And here's why it was a mess really? was because they looked good and they sounded good, but the pacing, and here's what I mean. I, again, I love it that it was all about the girl power and the girls were headlining, mm. but they had taken it so far that I felt like I had like entered like this, like, you know, like 
sleepover of my girlfriend and all of her girls who had somehow had synchronized their periods. You know what I mean? And that's going to sound horribly, uh, you know, misogynistic, but it, it became all about that. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? It was the whole show was, uh, what was that? And then they let all the girls come up on stage was, which was, I can tell you right now they're regretting yeah. because they couldn't get the them mess. off yeah. and they were all doing the whole selfie thing. And so, uh, equal equal opportunity. They let the guys come up, and, and I mean, it literally took thirty minutes, maybe thirty or forty minutes of their hour and fifteen minute long set to get through two songs. There was Jesus. all the talking and the empowerment, and again, and I love Salt Pepper, and, and even cooler, they were doing a lot of like their like their like stuff in like their first. Album. You know, and speaking of the '90s and you know '90s hip hop, um, gosh, it seems like every single week this year. Uh, we're we're losing people left and right, um, and so unfortunately, I'm sad to, to report that uh, one of my favorite groups um, from the late '80s, early '90s, from that really great golden era, or that really fun period of hip hop and R&B that was coming out, uh, was PM Dawn. And uh, last week, uh, it was reported that the Prince B or Prince B the Nocturnal, uh, better his real name is uh, Atrell Cordez. Uh, he passed away at a very, very young age. He was only 46. Uh, him and his brother, uh, Jarrett, uh, he's known as a DJ Minute Mix, whatever. They were they came out of Jersey City. Uh, that, that, all that great stuff that was coming out of New York and Brooklyn and, and Jersey there in the late 80s, early 90s. Only 46 years old. Uh, and again, I can't believe it was like every week it seems like we're reporting somebody else, you know, passing away and passing away too young. Uh, some great artist, um, and uh, I'm gonna play. I was gonna play a PM the, the song of the week. I was gonna do a PM Dawn song, and I didn't want to be Mr. Captain Obvious and uh, about it. As a matter of fact, I was on Twitter, uh, and I had a, a really great exchange with uh, with Lin Manuel Miranda. He's a, an amazing producer, and he actually said it best um, in his tribute. He said, "He goes, my favorite PM Dawn song is my own personal gravity." is it starts with a peanut sample and captures exactly how adolescence feels. And I, that really, that really struck a, struck a great chord with me and really moved me because it's exactly how I felt. I wish I had said that because, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a massive peanuts fan and I'm a massive hip hop fan. And that's actually my favorite PM Dawn song. So it's not one of the, um, I don't think it was a single. It's not one of the, the more well-known ones, but, um, it's it's perfect and it's and you know Lin Manuel got it exactly right by saying that that uh, it really does capture how adolescence feels and I have such a great spot in my heart again from that late eighties early nineties I love all hip hop but uh, for me that was really the, the golden time um, of course you had Run DMC and, and Public Enemy as the classics uh, you know really blossoming um, you're coming up in the eighties, but there was just this really great collective thing in the nineties as well that I, that I miss. And as a matter of fact, uh, whenever that, I love the nineties tour came, I was hoping that PM Don was going to be one of the bands. And, uh, uh, but unfortunately, uh, Prince B, um, uh, had, had, had kidney disease and, uh, and passed away at the very young age of 46. So we want to say rest in peace to, to, uh, to PM Don and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, the Prince B and, and his brother and, and say, man, we're so, so sorry. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead. I want to play uh, my own personal gravity as the song of the week. Um, 
and then we'll be right back um, right after that.
Again, my own personal gravity uh, from uh, the great PM Don. A uh, big part of, of my um, upbringing, growing up, my education of music and hip hop, uh, a big, big part of that. And that song was a really frames uh, a very, very specific part of that uh, perfectly for me. So we, again, we want to say uh, rest in peace to, to Prince B, and and we're sorry, you know, to his brother and his family and. Again, a great band out of Jersey City, and we're sorry to see him go, especially at such a young age. Uh, but now it's time to, to, to pay the bills here. I'm going to uh, gonna bring you some of our proud sponsors and tell you about some really, really, really cool stuff coming up here. The first thing I want to mention was that you do know that I, Roy Turner, have made my color commentary debut in the sport of professional wrestling. I did know that, yes. Yes. Passionate about wrestling my entire life. Uh, getting the chance to join the broadcast team with IHWE, uh, based out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, uh, part of the NWA is uh, is uh, a lifelong realization for me, and I had such a blast doing it. I'm a born heel, uh, <laughs> so that was a great, great, great thing. And, e- and uh, even if I wasn't involved in that capacity, I wanted to tell you uh, that their biggest event of the year is July 31st. It's going to be at the Ridgely Theater in Fort Worth. It's called Old School Hustle. And what's cool about that is they bring some of the older guys back. Uh, in the past, they've had like Stan Hansen. And who was, was inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame this year, mm-hmm. uh, Jim Cornette. Uh, it's going to be a great, great event. It's for all ages, and uh, tickets are very affordable. I think uh, I think they're like they started like ten bucks. Uh, go to IHWE Wrestling, and uh, and you, I think tickets are, are going to go are going to start to go on sale. I believe next week, but just stay tuned to this show uh, and to TrickyKid.com. And IHWE to get your tickets to Old School Hustle happening July 31st in Fort Worth, Texas at the Ridgely Theater. Uh, it's also, another great event coming up. I went to, um, you know, I'm a big, big uh, sneaker enthusiast, and mm-hmm. I went to the to the Kickspo event, which is the the largest uh, sneaker convention. I get it, Kickspo. You know your kicks, uh, right? Gotcha. Right. right. Good. Good. <laughs> um, anyway, and uh, anyway, and I met uh, this this great artist. That um, see here. Hang on one second here. Uh, sorry about that. I just want to get my mic up a little better. Uh, I met this great artist while I was there, um, and uh, her name is uh, is Carla Sabios, uh, and she is. I was so impressed with her. Not only is she an artist, she's an activist, um, 
I don't think there's much she can't do. She's just one of those original badasses. You know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. But but young and just driven and smart and just instead of talking about it, uh, you know, she's 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 doing it. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so she's part of this thing. Uh, it's called uh, Meta. I believe it's M A Y T A. You know, we, we did the Prince. Uh, tribute, and you know, people don't realize that his wife's name was Maite, right? Uh, which is spelled almost kind of like this it's M A Y T A instead of T E. Uh, anyway, so they're gonna be doing this thing on June 18th, which is uh, this Saturday. And uh, I, I was, I just want to read you the card here. It says, Meta is a blend of Latin American culture expressed in musical patterns from Mexico to Peru to all the cosmic race. Meta is a heavy bass on rock and roll, adding Latin groove to their music. Nominated and awarded for the best Latin act at the Dallas Observer Music Awards in 2013. Uh, it looks like a band from Lima, Peru called uh, La Indita is going to be playing. Uh, lots of artists, like-minded people. It's just going to be a great, great event. and I, I'm very excited about going to this. So I encourage uh, anybody out there. It looks like you can get tickets ahead of time uh, at www.chasquisgroup.com chasquisgroup.com uh, it's only 7 bucks in advance 10 at the door uh, you can get a good balcony seat for 25 if you're so inclined there uh, so wanted, wanted to mention that and uh, say hello to Carla Ceballos when you're there she's very very talented and I'm looking forward to great seeing great things from her another great artist that was there a uh, girl named Valerie Gonzalez um, she was amazing. Uh, I watched her actually, uh, direct. She's more of a, like a, like a director where she's like, she's the, the visionary. Mm-hmm. She envisions, um, like art and stuff. And then she puts a team together to actually realize it. And they were some of the prizes you could win. Hit raffle drawing stuff you could win was one of the pieces, uh, that Valerie does, um, with a art collective called Dripped. And uh, Valerie Gonzalez, it was it was unbelievable. I, I want you guys to check it out. Go to www.getdripped.com. That's G-E-T-D-R-I-P-T uh, dot com. You can find them also on Twitter uh, at, the, at the same thing, G-E-T-D-R-I-P-T. Uh, and last but not least, um, at the Anvil Show, I met this amazing guy named Mike Wilson. Uh, he's part of the uh, the Gas Monkey Bar and Grill okay. uh, family there, the Gas Monkey Life thing. But he has this glass business uh, where you probably may have, have at least seen, if not purchased, some of their products. Uh, it's called uh, DrinkWithTheLivingDead.com. And they make glass. They've done stuff for Rob Zombie. They've done stuff for Metallica. Uh, all kinds of amazing stuff. You've ever seen that one pus head uh, drawing uh, drinking glass from Metallica? That's them. Oh, okay. they did it. Uh, drinkwiththelivingdead.com. Uh, they're hand etched, uh, American made. Uh. Okay, and now I'm excited to bring you uh, our guest this week uh, is Colton Tapp. He's one of the stars of the upcoming film Three Days in August. Uh, it's going to be. It's a great movie uh, with Meg Foster, Barry Boswick's in it. Great, great, great cast. Um, he's a great upcoming actor uh, from Dallas, uh, my hometown. So um, always happy to, su- to support that. He has got a million projects coming up. Super, super busy. Uh, so now, again, our guest this week. Here's our interview with Colton Tapp. Okay, I think we're good. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, okay, so we have Colton Tapp uh, here uh, this week. Colton, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Of course. Now, uh, Colton, you have a new movie coming out that you're in called Three Days in August. That's right. Okay, and so, so talk a little bit about that and how and what your role is and how that came about and when we can see the film. Yeah, absolutely. So we ended up filming this at the end of last year, and uh, it's a family drama, kind of an ensemble piece about um, my mother and my father and my mom's adopted family and her real family all coming to the same house for the weekend and getting to know each other for the first time from both sides of the family. And it's uh, it's built on that conflict that happens in real life when you kind of have that scenario where you want to know who your real family is versus who raised you. And right. I play the son, and so I'm the only one who's under the age of about 40 in the movie, so it's kind of cool. But, um, man, just the, the experience of working with such incredible veteran actors on that was was an amazing time, and I learned a lot from working with people like Barry Boswick, Meg Foster, Marriott Hartley, who've just been in the industry for so long. Yeah, I was looking at the list. The 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 uh, the cast is amazing. What was it like for you working with Meg Foster? Oh my gosh, she is she's so out there, but her <laughs> talent is is amazing. I mean, she's the nicest person, and she. Uh, she was very warm and very uh, kind at all times, whether we're on set or just in the break room. But, um, you know, it was it was cool seeing her come to life because it was like just a switch where she becomes exactly that character that's written in the script. And it's, it's, yeah. it's cool seeing it go from zero to 100 like that with, with very little time to prepare, so. Well, you also have have a little bit of history also in the horror genre because you were in Blood on the Highway, right? Yeah, I was. That was my first feature film, I believe, in in two thousand eight. If I'm not right. mistaken. Okay. Yeah. And, and but, um, now, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say it, it kind of. That's how I also got my foot back in it when I started doing features here in the last few years. Uh, Getting on Pi Day, Die Day, which had uh, the original Jason from Friday the 13th and Ari Lehman. Right. And uh, recently doing Death Road, which is uh, a production coming out this year. We had we had John Schneider, of course, obviously, who was most known for as Bo Duke, of course, from the Dukes of Hazard, And he, yeah. uh, he did a movie um, he, uh, called Smothered. I don't know if you'd seen it. It also had Kane Hodder and a bunch of bunch of the horror greats in it. Uh, is that well, is that something that you would like to do? Is that something that, uh, in terms of like roles, what where do you feel most comfortable? I I love horror. I have a place, a special place in my heart for it. Um, as far as my career itself, yeah, I would like to to be a part of more of the right story horror, but um, I, I don't think it's something I would specifically focus on for my career. I seem to have a very a very good niche going in drama and dramedy. Um, sure. Specifically where I play, uh, you know, kind of a rom com type of character who's lighthearted and all-American. <laughs> <laughs> sure, um, sure, sure. Uh, now, but, yeah, but, yeah. but you did win an award uh, recently for the from the Dallas Horror Film Festival. I did, and that was for a horror production. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, it was based in Dallas, and it was uh, it was a I guess just a competition for people to create these horror shorts over the course of a month. 
and uh, I ended up winning uh, Best Actor for that. And the, the film itself ended up getting Best Screenplay and Best Scare, so that was kind of cool. Congratulations on that. Now, did you grow up in Dallas? I'm sorry? I said congratulations on that. Did, did you grow up in Dallas? I did. I did, Okay. Yeah. Is that where you are right now? Are you based out of Dallas, or are you out in Los Angeles? I'm based in Los Angeles right now. Um, I'm okay. actually in Texas right at the moment, uh, shooting on a film. Oh, but, nice. Uh, yeah, my my new place is out in Hollywood. So. so what are you working on right now uh, in Dallas? So I'm working on a production called The Boundary uh, about a NASA space mission where I'm a ex-fighter pilot. Uh, who was injured but then recruited by NASA to go on this first-time mission to the edge of the universe. And um, in addition to that, uh, as soon as that ends, I'll be on Nightlight, which is another film about uh, two southern boys living on a ranch by themselves because their parents were killed and uh, we're seeking revenge on our mother's death. <laughs> so <laughs> so that, that's a little bit of a juxtaposition to the all-American boy you were just describing. <laughs> Well, not so much the southern part because I did grow up on a ranch and I spent 22 years sure. there. Um, so I, I do have some southern flavor to me. It's a very uh, country part suburb of Dallas. So um, uh, as far as the NASA thing, yeah, I, I, I feel like it's still all American. Everybody wants a good American space hero. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, Colton, if I'd known that you were in Dallas, uh, we probably could have done this face for face. I. Uh, Grew up in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and I'm actually here currently as well as uh, uh, working on okay. a couple different things and visiting. So had I had I known, I would have uh, we would have we could have done this in person, and maybe we'll do a follow up where where we can. So yeah, that'd uh, be great. So when does Three Days in August come out? I actually don't know, um, but there should be some news put out very soon as well okay. as a trailer for the masses to see. It did premiere. Um, at Def 2016 uh, last month, and it was received very well. It, it premiered two nights, actually, back-to-back, and both sold-out shows. Um, but as far as the release date for the, the theaters, I do not. So are you guys going to do the uh, like the whole like film festival circuit and all that? Yeah, and I, I don't know any more details about that as well, but there's been talk about uh, going on a few more festivals. So we'll just have so, to kind of see in the next few weeks. Okay, well, now tell me this now. So you do kind of a bit of a, have a bit of a wide range here. Like I said, you have uh, got a foot in the horror genre, and then obviously you have the look that kind of widens the net for you. What are you finding yourself being most, like, recognized for? Like, I mean, are people recognizing you from one specific thing, or are you finding it being a lot of different things? I'm lucky, I think, in that I, I am being seen as lots of different things now it they have pretty i they have some common denominators but but i get to be pretty widespread across the board i played a heroin addict recently um, you know in a horror movie a man who's stranded on the side of a road with his girlfriend and faces supernatural occurrences happening on this dark road <laughs> right. uh, obviously the family drama that's that's coming out soon and now NASA space mission where I'm a pilot going into space so I mean I guess the common denominator would be that there are flavors of intensity and drama and all of these so I'm getting seen as somebody who can play that role well you know bringing bringing different degrees of drama but 
um, as far as where I'd like to go from there and where I, where I've been training to go while I'm working on these projects is more into comedy. Um, not, not full fledged, but, oh, really? uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, do you I have any, do you have any history with that at all? So, do I have any issue with comedy? Do you, do, you, do you have any history or any background with comedy? No, not really. Not till recently. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, oh yeah. I mean, but are you like, but you're like, are you like a funny guy? Are you like the funny guy among your friends? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's uh it's fun. I like the challenge. So yeah. Uh, okay. You know, well, my goal is to just be seen a little more that way, so that's what my uh, my coaches and I have been okay, kind of steering who, towards. But who makes you laugh, though? Who makes me laugh? Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I guess Kevin Hart's my, my hero. <laughs> really? Okay, so kind of but, more of that kind of, kind of humor kind of thing. So yeah, I mean that's not what I'm going for. I'm just that's you know that's somebody who's well, yeah. funny person. trying to kind of get a bit of a feel. So like when you watch like late night talk shows or late night television, which which of the like like James Corden, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel kind of yeah. owning like like where where would you say that your type your brand of of comedy? Uh, Jimmy lies? Fallon is a is a huge role model for me as far as okay uh, hosting. Yeah, like I think more of that spastic kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because honestly, I, I did this in a recent interview lately. But um, as as much drama as I'm involved in, and as I watch and study, my favorite actor is Jim Carrey. So, oh, okay. It's a yeah. It's just something where I just have a yeah. I'm interested in that kind of stuff. I think it's very brave and very uh very cool to be out there and brand yourself like that. So I I don't see myself going all the way like that, but I would like to continue pursuing. Okay. A couple roles in that that area. Well, okay. So, what if they were to let's say you know how they kind of tend to kind of you know do a lot of relaunches or like a like a reboot? Which of Jim Carrey's films would you, if they were to reboot it, that you would be making a, a huge effort to be cast in to play that role? Mm, probably Ace Ventura. Yeah. And it's almost <laughs> time, right? I mean, has it been like has it been twenty years yet? I think it's uh, it's pretty darn close. Yeah, by the so. time yeah, by the time it would get made, it would probably be about twenty years, right? Yeah, that's what funny. Was, I never I never thought about it, but yeah, that would be the one. Okay, so all right, so what what do you think you would bring to that role that would kind of you know just instead of repeating it, what do you think that you would do differently? I'm willing to top them. I'm willing to go all in and, uh, and double down, <laughs> be even more spastic than you thought anybody could ever be. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, okay, so who haven't you worked with uh, that would be kind of on a bit of a short list um, in any genre that you'd like to work with? Jake Gyllenhaal, Kevin Spacey. Cole so Charles. other than other yeah. than the so other than the obvious, give me something specific, uh, like a specific role uh, that one of them inspired you. I really I like everything Jake Gyllenhaal is in. Um, Nightcrawler really spoke to me. Um, okay. Mark Ruffalo in Spotlight, I thought that was one of the most brilliant performances of last year, and um, I, I really would love to to see him do something along the same lines. Obviously, a different character, but would love to be a part of that. So. Um, 
I've got I've got kind of a lot of people I'm watching right now, so that's that's a tough one. Well, now, so right now, in terms of, of the projects, like I said, you're you're working on something right now in Dallas. Talk a little, a little bit more about that. The projects that I'm currently working on. Yeah. Okay, so like I said, the first one was uh, the boundary, um, which is uh, it's going to be, I guess, premiering sometime towards holiday season this year, and uh, we actually attached Neil deGrasse Tyson from. Netflix on the the space shows Cosmos and uh, his special show with Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's going to be in there with me as a space mission control person. Uh, so that's kind of cool. And um, I, I don't know. Very. I, I don't have a lot of details about when it's coming out because we just okay. wrapped on that. And now I'm starting uh, Nightlight, um, which is also shot here in Texas. And as I mentioned, is kind of a revenge film about two boys. Avenging their mother. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. Now, but moving forward, um, you've have you ever seen yourself as maybe have you ever done any sort of kind of like 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 a Broadway type kind of thing? And if you were to be approached, what kind of what kind of Broadway thing do you think you'd want to do? I I really don't pursue theater. Um, I don't see myself doing it anytime soon. So hard to say, honestly. Do you, do you like music? I mean, are you are you are you a music person, or have any sort of uh, formal training or background with with singing and dancing? Yeah, I love music, and I uh, I, I grew up training with piano and guitar and, and singing. Uh, I was also in an acapella church, raised okay. there, and still go there. So I've had lots of vocal training because we do special courses and everything throughout the year. Um, right. But I did go to college for music, and I was in a uh, touring metal band, actually as a guitarist for six years. So, um, what, what was what was the name of the band? It was called Pat the Human, and uh, we we're actually based out of here in Dallas, but we traveled in the southern states, and um, we still got music and everything available. Our first album was called Brute Force, and uh, it was a very heavy mix of uh, of southern rock metal. And wow, a little bit of little bit of pop and electro in there. We had some kind of cool electronic instruments going on at the same time. So it was a lot of fun. So if you grew up in Dallas and you were in a metal band, okay, yeah. what were some... Nobody ever puts me on that because now I look like a total kind of corporate guy. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, this is great. The curly hair and, uh, and wore the graphic tees and drove around in the bus with my buddies playing guitar. So That's great. I mean, you know, if you knew me on a personal level, my background is in the music industry and stuff, and I've, I've done a lot of touring and... Uh, and performing, and also working a lot of the tour manager over, over the years, and uh, so I that's that's right up my alley, and that's just surprising to me uh, because that I you know I'm usually still kind of got my finger on the pulse of of things happening in the Dallas music scene, especially if it's metal because that's kind of my thing. Uh, so I want to talk more about that. So if you grew up in Dallas, in you know, and listening to metal, and even being in a metal band, what were some of the 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 local stuff you were you were digging on. I'm sorry. Can you can you ask that last part of the question again? Yeah. What were some of the local bands that you were uh, listening to, or or kind of you would consider to be peers, or even you know some of, some of the local music that you were listening to in Dallas around the time whenever you were in the band. Yeah. Well, um, it's funny. I, I hope they hear this, but we we kind of came up around the same time as a band who played a very similar style as us. I would, I would say they were kind of our counterpart 
for the entirety of these five or six years here. Uh, but they started off called Dorian Gray and then became Euphony. And um, we kind of bounced off of each other the whole time. We never really hung out, but we always played some of the same shows or we'd come to the same venues and support each other a little bit. But, uh, yeah, they were they were kind of the people we, we looked to to, to one-up and right. bounce ideas off of. Um, I listened to a lot of kind of Christian metal um, that were on these these kind of popular labels back in those years where there was this pretty big genre of like Christian hardcore music happening at that time and uh, bands like 12 Gauge Valentine, um, what what years were Twelve Stones, things like that. You, this was between 2005 and 2009, 10. Um, okay. I mean, we continued on until, I guess, late 2011, but okay. yeah, it was right right around that. Now, there was, a, there was a club in Deep Ellum, maybe it's still there, and it was called The Door. Is Was this where yeah. a lot of that, well, this is where a lot of that was coming from? I, I remember because they had a lot of that Christian kind of kind of rock thing happen in there. Yep, yep. That was one of the first venues that we got our foot in the door in, and um, we played there many times. But yeah, they they would have a lot of those kind of acts come through. And uh, well, I moved to I moved to Brooklyn in 2006, so that's probably where I I kind of missed um, a lot of that. But I still, you know, still, you know, obviously uh, have a lot of friends and bands, and obviously I'm still, you know, in touch with a with you know a lot of people that kind of run that whole system down there in Deep Ellum with a lot of the club owners and promoters and stuff. So do you ever get a chance to, to, to you ever get a chance to still go to shows or anything? Uh, anything new that's exciting to you musically wise? No, I haven't been anything down there lately. I did for, for a buddy's band pop down, I guess about a year ago. And, uh, one of those venues was still there that we used to go to all the time. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, not much so, of a metalhead anymore. I can yeah. still rock out to some breakdowns, but, uh, <laughs> no, nah, you know, Genres change, things change. Okay, and so what was that moment for you then? Whenever you were like, okay, I, I enjoyed the music, I put the miles in the van, I think I'm going to try to do this acting thing for a little bit. What was kind of the inspiration for that? You know, I guess the band uh, it, it kind of separated its ways, and my my foresight was more towards kind of pop and electronic music at that time, and some of the other guys in the band were like, no, nah, we got to still about the metal, blah, blah, blah. Um, so for me, I was already kind of like, I'm interested in this other style of music. And so I just kind of got out of that that phase of playing metal guitar and uh, became more interested in like singing and, and playing keyboard and things like that. Um, but at the same time, you know, I was going through other changes in life. I was running a retail business um, while acting on the side. And I, I kind of just started focusing more on film and acting and that's when you kind of see a shift in life and things take sure. off. And and now I've got short hair and a lot of suits. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you consider was your break then? I mean, like I so said, you put the miles in into the music and then you started doing the acting thing. When when did you start feeling it starting to take off? It's hard to say because every project's been bigger than the last. And um, you know, I got lucky with booking some, some cool films. As soon as I started really making that my career and uh you know from from jumping to Pi Day Day to uh Three Days in August to Solar Eclipse to now the boundary, it's like everything's just stacking up and uh I I'm still in a place where I'm 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 looking for the next big thing and 
you know, I, I think it's just working that way so far. So. Well, it, it sounds great. I'm very excited about uh, these projects you got coming up. Uh, again, you, uh, three days in August, uh, and then you said it's called the. You said the Foundry. The Boundary. The Boundary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Again, that, that's um, the, the phone thing there. <laughs> yeah, we didn't talk much about Solar Eclipse. That's uh, that's one that I did between the two. Um, and well, that let's was talk about that. Tr- yeah, that was filmed in Sri Lanka, and I was asked to be. John Wilkes Booth uh, to assassinate Abraham Lincoln in this film, and it's a very, very exciting historical piece uh, starring some very big names, Vinnie Jones from X-Men, Stephen Lang from Avatar. Um, well, that was the next thing I, I wanted to talk about, of course, obviously, with, with Solar Eclipse, and, I, and holy cow, again, you get to play John Wilkes Booth. How cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing, um, I guess. It's amazing so from- as killing a president can be. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, from what angle, uh, you know, because obviously they have to to apply it historically. But um, are you coming at it from a, a more of a, of a historical uh, angle, or more of like just a, a, a vicious killer? <laughs> I'm a vicious killer. Um, yeah. Because the, the story is not about my pursuit to it. It's it's about Abraham Lincoln, and it's well, it's it's, it's about a couple characters. He's one of them in the film. And um, you know, so I'm I'm a vicious killer, and uh, I haunt him. So, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of research? I mean, because obviously you you know the story from school, and and uh, you know we all know that story. But what kind of research uh, did the director have you do? Yeah, you just got to go and you got to read everything you can, and really try to figure out what the common denominators are, and in different historical pieces, because you're going to get opinions sometimes and you're going to get hearsay so I, I stuck with what seems to be the common denominators about them and uh I really just played it from there it's funny uh i guess i have a pretty far-stretched relationship with him in real life uh it's my cousin's cousin really family family not his their cousin but my cousin's cousin's bloodline so that was kind of cool to, to find that out. My cousins are the Booths, and he was a Booth, and so it, it's a little worn off from there. But yeah, now, did, there's, you, there's, did you know that before you got cast? No, I didn't. I didn't. I found that out right after I filmed it, actually. But uh, wow, it's kind and, of and interesting. So, so of course the director didn't know that, and, and you know, he no, no, no lineage. So did you discover that while you were doing the research? I uh, after I got back from filming, I had started talking to some of my family about it and just kind of the experience. And um, my cousin's side of the family happened to be there, and they were like, they they didn't know about the project before. They were like, you know, we have a, a relation to him and that Booth family of the actors that were there. I was like, no way. That's so. No, that's 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 pretty amazing. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean. I'm sure that while you were doing Blood on the Highway, it would have never occurred to you that, uh, you know, one of those characters you were related to. So how how amazing is it that when you did something historical, that there actually was a a, uh, a blood lineage there? Um, mm-hmm. Now, did you what do, what do you think that you took away from that experience besides that? From Solar Eclipse? Yes. Being in that country was a life changing experience because I've never been that far away from America before. And it, it was super informative to kind of see what a society like that's like. And the people right. were very kind, 
and very helpful and um you know, but at the same time they don't have the luxuries that we have over here and so I got to live like that for a week and uh yeah, I'm glad well, I that, did. That's kinda of how how I was facing the question there was again, you know, giving it's uh you know, being filmed in Sri Lanka, um, you know, that had to be you know, obviously you were there to work but, but culturally you can't go to a place like that and not kind of get some of that culture on you. You know what I mean? Uh, yes, and that's no. what I, what I kind of mean. So what was, what was the most interesting thing uh, that, that you like when you, whenever you would retell the story of that experience, what was the first thing that you think of? <laughs> um, aside from the great people there, the driving is complete madness. <laughs> um, <laughs> everything's like a, a little three wheeler electric car. And uh, there's just, it's, it's like a solid note of horn all day long. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, a, it's but, a symphony, right? Yeah, but no, it's it's cool because there's there's you know their livestock just kind of roaming the streets and uh, walking around aimlessly, and you know not just livestock. There's also elephants and right. You know, now, I guess it was kind of cool just to to be in a world that kind of doesn't have limitations on that kind of stuff. You know, it's just people drive where they want to drive and animals walk where they want to walk. And <laughs> there's there's no commercial buildings or businesses. You know, everything is right. very mom and pop and people running their little stands on the side of the road. Pulling off the coconuts and cutting them up and giving them to you right there. You know, See, that's, that's the good part of it. Now, were you... A- were you made aware of any of the political unrest or anything that that take that's that takes place in, in Sri Lanka before you went? Were you given any sort of uh, heads up about it about that at all? No, not really. And um, I tried to talk to some of the villagers about it a little bit, but um, it didn't seem to be weighing heavily on really anybody's mind. So I guess it's it was more were, kind of kind of a peaceful kind of experience while, while you yeah, were there. It that's really was. You know, you might be familiar with the you know, music, the artist uh, M.I.A., and uh, she's, you know, yeah. uh, Sri Lankan-born, London-raised, and mm. uh, and she's kind of has the – has kind of uh, dedicated a lot of her uh, – the dialogue in, in her music is to kind of raise awareness about, um, you know, a lot of the political unrest uh, in, in Sri Lanka and some of you – know, to kind of, you know, illuminate some awareness about that. Were you familiar with that at all before you went? No, I wasn't. I didn't uh I didn't get told a lot about the country before I came. It was very kind of All right, come on. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, right. Uh, yeah. so so who is all in this movie because I mean I mean there's a lot of people in Solar Eclipse. Yeah, actually they've got an amazing website that they've done and I think they're about to release the trailer here soon, but it's got all the cast. There's quite a few. Um but again to name a few, Stephen Lang, Finney Jones, Tom Puri. Uh, myself, but I'd, I'd say I'd encourage anybody listening to to check it out and kind of see the cast because it's it's a very yeah. well put together piece and there'll be some exciting names in there. So and and when can when can like when does that movie get released? It's around summertime 2017, so about a year. Okay, so we're about a yeah. year out from that. Okay. Yes. All right, and then of course three days in August. Uh, is right here, uh, you know, has a, has a limited release. We should be able to yeah. see it uh, th- this summer. And then the the, the project you said in uh, around Christmas time. 
being yeah the the ones I'm current that I, I've been working on since I've been back here in Texas. Yeah, they'll be they'll be coming right around autumn winter. So well, Colton, man, you know, congratulations. Uh, I mean, God, you're so busy, so many different projects, so many different Thanks, things. You know, for, for any working actor to have that that wide you know, palette there, it'll, you know, it'll take you very, very far and wide in pretty much any direction you want to go in. So, uh, thank you very much. That's awesome. Oh, Hey, let me, uh, let me throw one more date out towards you. Come Um, on. I'm going to be on, uh, an episode of legends and lies, which is airing in, I believe seven weeks. They just started season two and I'm on episode nine. So fantastic. Going to be, uh, on Fox. So be sure to look out for that. Absolutely, a uh, a pretty cool American hero. So, uh, can you can you talk a little bit more about that? Well, just watch it, man. It's coming out. <laughs> well, I will. I just. But is there anything? Is there anything to anticipate there? You say so you play a great American hero. That sounds that sounds enticing. Yeah, it's uh. So this particular episode is about uh, Aaron Burr, who who had a lot of beef when he was running for president uh, in the early American days, and he did not win, obviously. Um, but he was a he was a dirty fighter. He was a great politician, but he used a lot of dirty tactics. And ultimately, he passed the bar of committing treason, um, which people didn't really want to arrest him for on a lot of grounds because of his political power. But I was the colonel who stepped up to the military and and handcuffed him, and brought him in. So wow! He went from possibly being a president who was very corrupt to uh, being a prisoner and no longer being able to do that. So, and that should resonate with uh you know with a with a, an American audience given the, the you know the current political climate here in the states here so that should yeah that, it should resonate well <laughs> been a battle uh, for, for ages i guess <laughs> that's right that's right uh you know so anything else man i mean you're all over the place where else anything else coming up hmm. no just the the horror production that I told you was coming out um here in a little while, Death Road. That's my first production. I produced it and wrote it, um, but I got a team together to direct it and, uh, and to do some beautiful cinematography and makeup and special effects. So it's, uh, I'm excited about it. It's coming out within the next four to five weeks, um, and it'll it'll make some little short film festival runs, but it's it's not going to have any major release. But I'll be promoting it on my own website and IMDb. And let's go ahead and plug. Let's go ahead and plug that. What is, what is that website? My website is www.coltontap.com. Okay. Um, I am DB. You can search Colton Tap, and it's got my current and previous productions on there. Now, whenever you directed this, did you did you feel did you feel uh, good about about that? I mean, is it something that you could see yourself doing again? Yeah, I didn't direct it. I, I produced it. Uh, also, I'm sorry. On Forgive me. You a produced, buddy of mine thank you. Who worked, right. Yeah, a buddy of mine who worked on the project that I actually won the award for, uh, the horror short. Um, him and a couple of the other teammates who uh, who made that with us did this production. So I, I had already worked with them, and we were comfortable around each other. And, yeah, I think it went real smoothly. Very excited about the finished project. That's awesome because so, there's nothing like having, you know, your own team and kind of kind of, kind of calling the shots and, and – uh, Kind of, you know, kind of go from there uh, in terms of like seeing it come from the page to the screen, knowing that you're the producer, right? Yep. I think when you find people you uh, you work well with in this industry, you really stick with them and do as much as you can with them. I mean, people get busy sometimes, but it's it's fun to to work on projects with people you've done with before and you know can put out a good piece. So. 
Sure, because when you have that chemistry, you, you can really only succeed because you're working so well together, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no wasted time. It's like you get on there, you know what everybody's doing, and uh, there's just a trust that goes in that you don't always have when you're jumping into a production where you're meeting all new people. So, Right. Yeah. Uh, well, Colton, again, man, uh, congratulations on all the great projects and all the success. Uh, again, Thank you. We, we should do a follow-up, man. Uh, next time we're in the same city, uh, we should uh, we should do this again, maybe in person. Go see some metal. <laughs> That'd be awesome, man. I'd love to. Let's do it. Uh, definitely awesome. Well, brother, I will see you uh, all down the road, man. And I look forward to to seeing uh, all these projects coming up. And uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. Thanks so much. Thanks, Cole. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Once again, I want to thank my guest this week, Colton Tapp. Uh, go check out Three Days in August. Uh, it'll be out this summer. I think they've already done a few screenings like he had mentioned. Uh, but when you get a chance to see it, check it out. Great, great film. And keep tabs on Colton Tapp. Uh, he's got a, a great career ahead of him, a lot of great stuff. And uh, so also want to, want to thank my co-host this week, my good friend Mike DeQuinzio. want to tell you a little bit about us, where you can find a little bit more about us. Uh, obviously, me at... Uh, our website is trickykit, www.trickyhyphenkid.com. Trickykid.com. Okay, and also on on the on the twitters, uh, if you go to Twitter, if you go to uh, my handle is uh, at sign, and of course it's trickykid and the number two. Where the, where can they find you? Uh, Mike D Rocks seventy four. And that's on Twitter. That's on Twitter. Okay. Also, uh, the show is free to subscribe, to download, everything. The best thing to do is go to iTunes, type in Tricky Kid Radio. It'll come right up. Click subscribe. Episodes just like this will, will pop up uh, in your uh, your iTunes feed uh, for free every single week. Now, if you're not a, a iTunes user, uh, fret not, my friends, mm-hmm. because you can also can stream it for free from our website. Um, and also if you're on Facebook, just go to tricky kid radio podcast, click like, and, you, and there'll be a link right there. And off you go. Again, I want to thank my co-host this week, Mike DeQuinzio. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you so much for being here. Uh, and until next week, uh, we'll see you then.